0: What's going on? Stadium Drive Podcast. We're back in the lab, finally. This episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. Joe, what are you, what are you doing?
1: I'm pouring bubbles.
0: All right. Well, this episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. <laughs> now, people who don't know what Blue Chew is, Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. It's the good stuff, all right? Um, if you need a little lead in your pencil, you need some pep in your step – Quarantining is about to be over with. Don't embarrass yourself. Get you some Blue Chew. The thing that's awesome about Blue Chew is that it's prescribed online by licensed physicians. So you don't have to go to any kind of doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy. It'll ship right to your door in a discreet package. It won't have any kind of logo on it. And uh, it's also made in the USA. Who doesn't love shit made in the USA? Hashtag America. So what you need to do. Go to bluechew.com, use our promo code STADIUM, and you'll try it for absolutely free. You just have to pay $5 shipping. How do you spell blue, Joe?
2: B-L-U-E.
0: Okay. Bluechew.com. Use our promo code STADIUM for a free trial. All right. What's everybody been up to? I've got
3: Joe. Not much, dude. Working. Brad. Watching no sports.
0: Watching no sports, yeah. I've been working on our future studio out back. Um, almost finished. Pretty much almost finished. Joe never brought me his stuff, so I'm kind of bummed about I that. I told you to remind me. You I never did. remind me. I did. Every how day. Did? Every day. You know how long it took me to write out the damn list of everybody who's on the Liverpool football squad or whatever it's called? <laughs>
2: That was not Liverpool. That was Manchester United.
3: What's
0: that? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I keep thinking you're a Manchester United fan.
3: Okay, I got a good story about that. When I went to England, we were I was at a pub, and there's this dude. I was like, my buddy is the biggest Manchester United fan ever. So I was like, can you just say into the, uh, the camera, go Manchester United in your English accent. So I, like, recorded it. I sent it to Joe. He's like, fuck that, dude. <laughs> Yeah,
0: I I keep – dude, I can't keep them straight. They're all the same besides me.
2: They're the the exact opposite.
0: besides, Besides me being a giant Manchester, Man City fan because of the way you described them the other day on Twitter about how they've got oil money and they buy all the best players. So that's who I'm a fan of.
3: This guy's also a Dustin Johnson fan in golf, so it makes sense.
0: Yeah, you do a little toot, you hit a golf ball, it's fun. You don't, <laughs> you
3: don't want to be a Manchester City fan. They're... What about Everton? Why why can't I be an Everton fan?
2: You can be an Everton fan. It's just what would
3: that be like?
2: That would be like being a Jets fan.
3: Oh, okay, I can't do that, man.
0: <laughs> so what? So what's what's being a Man City fan like?
2: They don't have real fans, like. So it's like being a. It's like.
3: I, it's sorry. like being a Raiders fan in Vegas. Yeah. Is that right. Okay. Yeah.
0: Eh, maybe. Anyway, I'll find a team eventually. When's the season start? It started today.
2: It, the the season started back up yesterday.
0: Okay, I knew that. All right, I'm gonna find a team. I'm gonna throw it back out on Twitter. See if I get anybody. Probably not. But um. Did you guys watch the the Long Gone Summer Thirty for Thirty ESPN? I
3: haven't watched it yet.
2: Haven't watched it. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> I can say I did just to keep this going.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, that's just give us a rundown on it. Was it good? It's because I'm planning on watching it. It's two hours, but I just every time you, I turn it on, I fall asleep. You can. So watch that tells it. you.
0: I mean, you can, but it wasn't no, well, very good. Yeah.
2: It um. Uh,
0: does yeah, it I mean, I've been falling asleep,
3: I guess, when I started. So, I mean, that Do, makes sense. Does, does it make
2: you miss, like, sense? the steroid era of – Oh, baseball?
3: yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, most definitely. That's so interesting. I mean, baseball was almost dead in, like, 95 and 96 or whatever. And the steroid era brought it back. But it didn't really deep dive into anything. It was just stuff you already knew and just clips yeah. – and what
3: was better, that one or the Netflix on A-Rod? Oh, the, the,
0: the Netflix the, – the A-Rod was a lot better. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. I can't even remember That what was was That was a
3: good one. I, it was like juiced or something. I can't remember what it was. It was, yeah, something, it was along something along this. Line.
0: line. Yeah. But question for you guys. Do juiced-up players deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Barry Bonds. I think so. McGuire. The reason
3: why I think so is because they still got to be able to hit the ball.
2: That's valid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it de- it depends on the player. Barry Bonds for sure because he was a great player before steroids.
3: I think yeah, Pete Rose yeah. should be in the Hall of Fame. That's a totally different story. Yeah, I do. I do agree. As with a Peter. player, ban him as a coach, but as a player, I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. It's just and, hard
2: for me to believe if he had a gambling addiction that it never it it never affected his career. Yeah. Never.
0: Shout out Michael Jordan. His playing career,
3: or whatever. Yeah. But, True. That makes sense. Yeah. But
0: um, yeah, I've I've been so on the fence. I've I've went both ways with steroid guys, Maguire, Sosa, and all those guys making it to the hall. But um I agree, like you still had to make contact with the ball. Yeah. So throw them in there. Why not? They they they
3: made baseball so much better. The problem is there's gonna be so many guys that are like well once all these guys have passed their prime on like being able to make it in for all their ballots once they're passed over can they revisit those guys that were passed over because they weren't in because of the steroid era you know during the time they're like we're not voting any guys in that had steroids or is it just from here on out those guys are going to be able to be voted in that's the problem that i could see it running into where they won't allow it ever because of the fact that We pass up on other good dudes because of the same thing.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you, a guy who's going to be borderline, Andrew Jones, should get in. Oh, Mm
0: -hmm.
3: most
2: definitely. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Should so should Del Murphy. Del Murphy's been passing. I loved those like years
3: for the Braves where it was like Chipper, Andrew Jones, Rafael Fercal. Marcus Giles,
0: Brian Jordan, John
3: Rocker was the closer.
0: Those guys would get so close. And then just break my heart every single year.
3: <laughs> fun fun fact: I've went to eleven Braves games. They're zero and eleven. Really, really. I've been to I've been to twelve Red Sox games, and they're eleven and one.
0: Really, okay. I so, used to, I'm
3: a bad luck guy.
0: Yeah, I can't remember how many Braves I've been to so many, except this year. Shout out. Um, I don't know did you, the hot dog eating contest. It's it's changing. We're only like sixteen days away from July fourth. This is the biggest thing on July 4th. You wake up. You get ready. You get prep. You watch the damn hot dog eating contest. And now it's going to be – like, Will
3: Joey break his 74 hot dog in 10-minute
0: record? He's it's, not going to have
3: the fans there to cheer him on. I don't know if he's going to be able to
0: – He might just pace thing. himself and win. Yeah. It's going to be behind closed doors. It's going to be in like a hotel lobby or some shit. and. Everybody has to wear a mask, and there's going to be one-third of the competitors. Wait, he's got to wear a mask? Well, I mean, he doesn't while they while – they, oh, gotcha, all the staffers yeah, gotcha, gotcha. and all have to – that would be very That'd hard. That'd be tough. That'd be tough. He's got to smash <laughs> hot dogs in between a mask. <laughs> How many hot dogs could y'all eat in 10 minutes?
3: I would say 11.
0: Ooh.
2: No, you couldn't. I would say 11. All
3: right.
0: Well, guess what? 10 minutes. No, let me write this shit down. We're, Dude, we're, you we're, we're, we You
3: saw to do this. My bachelor party at Jumbo Shrimp, how many hot dogs I smashed in game?
0: Yeah, you were also – yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
3: All right, we're going to do this. This is going to be a – I can't do that, yeah, guys. I'm on I'm, I'm on a weight loss train. Right it doesn't
0: now. matter. I can't. We'll cancel we'll that keto. shit. Hot dogs. Just run an extra mile every night. This is – I'll buy the hot dogs. Joe buy the buns. We're doing hot dogs. Hot dogs are good for
3: keto. So yeah.
2: we'll get you, we'll get you.
0: I'm not,
3: like, on, I'm not on a keto no more. What the are you on? lady's pregnant. What are you just on? on a, just on a calorie cut.
2: Okay.
0: So oh. that's
3: at least, that's at least 300 calories a hot dog. So that's 3000 calories. That's two, that's a thousand over the daily recommended. That's fine. Content, it's all, Brad. It's
0: all for the, it's all for the brand.
3: Yeah. You
0: think Mac right. would turn some shit like this down?
3: What am I, when are we going to do this?
2: A uh, couple Fourth weeks of in the studio, all
1: right.
2: yeah. um, and I and I guarantee you.
3: What'd you say? Eleven? Said eleven. Eleven. No, I, I could do eleven. I got hundred percent do eleven. I in guarantee 10 I could, In ten minutes, I can do eleven.
2: God no. Ugh, you're gonna puke. It doesn't matter T- about the calories because you're gonna throw up. We gotta get T Mac in. I don't know if T Mac will do I the Team that can eat three times the chicken fingers compared he to – You just life.
3: give him a bunch of patties and buns and he'll eat that.
2: So we're we're going to do this. We're gonna, That's going to be a YouTube video. Brad can eat 11 hot dogs or not.
0: Yeah, and then after that we're going to do Brad versus Joe. Not the same day, obviously. A week or two after Brad versus Joe's basketball 101 or point. Dude, I
3: was shooting in, uh, in Orlando, dude. I was, uh, I was draining them. There was a basketball court. There was a basketball court. I almost had Tori just – Take a minute of me just draining threes for, like Steph, True. but and now it was I'm, double it was double rim there too. So I mean he that wanted was, that to intimidate you,
0: Brad. Unless... I mean Joe, he wanted to intimidate you.
3: Well, so I was, it's very I was like,
2: intimidating hearing him say he's drained threes. That's just I'm shaking in my boots.
3: I mean, go? all right, we'll say this for another another day. All right,
2: drained, draining, yeah,
0: draining, not...
3: dude, like out. clean the sink out.
2: Yeah.
0: Damn,
3: that's what it was like.
2: I used
0: bacon soda Liquid and fire. apple cider vinegar. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. we had DJ Shockley on. Um, that that'll, that'll be on here in a few minutes. Really
2: hard not to just talk a bunch of crap about Georgia. Like, really? Yeah, I, I wanted to talk a lot of crap about. I've Georgia.
3: never seen guys that aren't SEC fans hate Georgia so much. It has to be because yeah,
2: It's because I don't, I don't, it. I don't grown, hate, born
3: and raised in Georgia. I don't hate, I don't hate Georgia. Hate I don't hate Georgia. I just don't respect them as a football team. And you hate their fans. You hate their fans. Because unlike me, everybody says how much – how great they are. But we ain't won shit since 1980. There's a guy that I work with. He's got a Coke on his desk Mm. that – it's a 1980 Coke from when they won the national championship. Listen, listen, to our fans, Hudgens, every Saturday it seems like, will go on and correct people when they say go Dogs." He'll go and correct how you spell dog, so he'll just D O G S and asterisk yeah. it. Shout,
0: shout out I'm my like- boy! Shout out my boy, Double J. Jeff Jarrett. No, stop. <laughs> dogs in the diction- dogs in the dictionary is D O G, and I just—I just like to correct people. It's funny. It it. Shout shout out to Jacob. It pisses him off, but it's funny. All the time. Oh, cool. yeah. Other than that, we—I mean, we're still on the struggle bus. There's no. There's no sports. I baseball's never coming back. They're never, never it's never coming back. I've been talking to um uh our friend of the podcast, Lane Adams. I talked to him pretty regular and he's just been pretty vocal on how everything's going down, and he's like, dude, I have no idea if we'll ever get to play again. Like it's
2: damaging the sport bad. Yeah. So no um, opinions. I can fucking I see that. <laughs> um I mean, I feel like a sports podcast. I'm not, I'm not afraid to say that I don't like watching baseball. It's not entertaining to me. <laughs>
0: oh. I know. That's, that's why I did that poll the other day, what was more boring and baseball than baseball or won. soccer. And baseball did win, I know, which I expected that to win. I wonder wow. why, though. Because I expected that to win.
3: I, I will say, though, when they get the cross, is that what it's called, when you're like on one side and they just cross it over and the guy's going in for a header? That's pretty. Like you, like get out of your seat for it. You only get out of your seat after the action of like crushing on like the ball has happened. Wait, so, like you can it, see it building up.
2: But it's not even about the atmosphere. Is a million times. It's like not, not even the same thing. Like right, soccer, but, you've seen the entire time, and you have chance, and you. Uh, I don't. It's just it's wild. Have, baseball. Have you ever, baseball. Have you you seen Sweet
3: Caroline at uh, Fenway Park?
2: It's like uh, a concert. Sweet that team. For that two two minutes, the rest of the time you're looking down at your phone and saying, oh, my God, I can't believe we're in the fifth inning right now.
0: Dude, I cannot. (laughs) I cannot chant. For eighty-seven minutes, because there's going to be bonuses or whatever you call them. There's going to be there's going to be like sixty minutes of bonus time. So you're there for like a hundred and forty-seven minutes. That's not true. I can't sit there and chant the entire. Thing. When
2: I've seen when a Liverpool, video, when, when Liverpool plays at twelve and Florida State also plays at twelve, the Liverpool game is done before halftime of College Football Game.
0: There's no way, Joe. I've it is. with Joe. I've been like, hey, are you coming over? Yeah, after this Liverpool game. And then it'll be like two hours later, and you're like, "Oh no, no, five more minutes. We got a bonus." No, I don't
3: get how extra time works. Huh? I don't understand how extra time. I don't understand how extra time works. It'll be like you have four minutes of extra time, and then it'll be like four minutes and twenty-four seconds, and then they're blowing the horn. Why? How does that work?
2: <laughs> First of all, it's a whistle. Second, because there might be there might be time wasting in that. In that <laughs>
3: The oh, is that things. when it goes out and they go to chase the ball down and all that?
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah. If you're winning, you're going to waste time at the end. So, sometimes they calculate that into the extra time. Oh, gotcha.
0: Yeah. I just want to hear Vuvuzelas.
3: That was one summer. Well, it was I remember three waking years up that. at up High morning, Every games. morning in, in high school, that summer I would wake up and Vuvuzelas would be on at like 7 a.m. Yeah. The
2: best. Yeah. We'll, dig-
0: w- we'll digress from that though people that listened to last week are going to be like they just talked about Venezuelas. So I don't know. what do y'all say? I want to jump into this uh, DJ Shockley interview former Georgia quarterback. he he had some great insight. I mean, really enjoyed yeah. talking to him. Let's do it. All right Good, Good dogs. Welcome back, guys, to the Stadium Drive podcast presented by Manscaped. What you need to do is you need to go to manscaped.com, use our promo code STADIUM for 20% off, plus free shipping. Everybody loves free shipping and a discount. Manscaped is literally the best for men's grooming. So, yeah, manscaped.com, promo code STADIUM for 20% off. We have a very special guest this afternoon hanging out with us former Georgia quarterback and current SEC network analyst, DJ Shockley. What's going on, man?
1: What up, fellas? How y'all doing, man?
3: What's up? Good. i oh,
1: good, man. I appreciate y'all having me on, man. That'd oh, give yeah. Me that, give me some of that good manscape in my life, man. I'll
0: be good. To- <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Shout out. Um, <laughs> so, so what you've been up to, man? How how different has this whole coronavirus stuff just change the way you do things.
1: It's been weird, man. You know, I guess just like every other person, trying to adapt to it, trying to, you know, find your rhythm in I got two little ones, uh, eight year old son, 10 year old little girl. So I'm trying to make sure that they, uh, they're still doing things they're supposed to be doing. Uh, me and my wife have, uh, we try to have a, a workout plan every single day to do some stuff. But, uh, you know, still doing some stuff here and there. What would work with SEC Network and ESPN and uh, some stores, some other stuff with WSB in Atlanta here. So, uh, trying to stay busy here and there. Um, but like everybody else, just trying to adapt to the time of the day, you know.
0: Yeah, I hear you. So, uh, before we get to, before we talk about the potential upcoming season of college football, we, we're all hopeful we get a season. Let's talk your career. Now, um, is it true you got drafted out of high school to play baseball?
1: Yeah, man, I, I love baseball. Baseball was actually my first love. Really? And when I was in high school, though, uh, I was one of the best pitchers on our team. So I pitched all the time. Oh. So my arm would just be dangling mm-hmm. every 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 inning or something like that. And I'm like, I can't go to college and do this. And I was uh-huh. not knowing that in college they would have other good pitchers I'd pitch every other day. Yeah. Uh, but I love baseball. My first love. Thought I would be playing baseball, but. Of course, I wouldn't play football uh regretting it a little bit because hey you know dudes are making two three hundred million dollars now, but nah, <laughs> God had a plan for me, man. Football worked out pretty good for me, and uh yeah. things are good, man.
0: I hear you so um, what made you choose u g a out of out of every other school?
1: It's a good question, man Georgia, you know I'm, I'm a Georgia boy, so I grew up in Georgia. Yeah. I always liked the dogs. Uh, But as I got into high school and started being recruited by everybody in the country, you started to go to different places and these camps and you started to like certain places. And I'll be honest, uh, it it actually came down to Georgia, Florida State, um, North Carolina uh, for a little bit. Maryland was a little bit in there. Um, But um, it really came down to Georgia and Florida State. And at the time, Coach Rick was at Florida State. Oh, and yeah. I'll tell you guys a quick, funny story. We're at Florida State. I met, like, their team gala, whatever it is. And I'm sitting there with Coach Rick, and he's like, you know what? Everybody called me Shock. He's like, you know what, Shock? Florida State would be the best place for you. I'm telling you, you come here, you can flourish, you can be great. And I knew it. I mean, to hey, he coached Chris Wakey, he coached Charlie Ward. Obviously, he coached QBs. Yeah. So I was like, this is who I want to play for. So two weeks later, he takes the Georgia job. The day he takes the Georgia job, he's sitting in my living room, the first thing he said to me is, "Shop, you know Georgia's the best place for you. This is going to be great for you. I said, Coach, you said the same thing about Florida State. He said, well, you know what I mean. I'm the best <laughs> coach for you. Right. So uh, we always have a little laugh at that, even to this day, uh, about it. But uh, ultimately, it just came down to him going to Georgia and me just saying, hey, I'm a homegrown guy. Uh, playing for him would be awesome. And, Georgia, if you guys have been before, it's not a bad place to be.
3: What was it like playing for Coach Rick once you got there and settled?
1: It was fun, man. You know what, uh, Coach Rick is probably one of the best men you'll ever know. And a lot of people see him on TV or they see him in a game. You see how even kill he is and doesn't really get upset. And people say, "Is he really like that?" And I'm like, "Yes, yeah. that's that's who he is." And that's the one thing that I love the most and respected the most is. This guy is in the, probably one of the toughest jobs in the country as a head coach at a major university like Georgia. And he's the same guy, whether things are going good, bad, or indifferent. And he always treated his guy with respect. And the one thing that, you know, I've kind of taken into my, you know, adulthood and father life is this guy always talked about making sure you take care of your family, making sure your name matters, making sure the name on the back of your jersey that you don't – Never do anything to mess that up. And I always took that with me, and he's always been that kind of guy. And even to this day, we're still good friends, and we talk regularly uh, all the time.
3: I, I got a quick story.
1: Uh,
3: in Nebraska, I graduated uh, high school from there, and his brother was actually my varsity baseball coach. Oh, so yeah. I, didn't, I never got to meet him, but uh, in Omaha, yeah, his, his brother was a good dude, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm sure it runs in the family.
1: So that's pretty cool. I don't know how you lived out there. I spent a year yeah. and a half in the. I watched Raskin. y'all play
3: at, at, for the Nighthawks. Yeah, I spent a, that,
1: like two years <laughs> out there. And I was like, man, this is. a Yeah, cold you guys were playing at
3: Rosenblatt, it, which was a horrible, horrible place. I mean, people yeah. like it for College World Series, but it was a dump.
1: Yeah, so. man, it was not fun to be there. <laughs> yeah, it was too
3: too damn cold there for me. I'm from Georgia too, by the way. So yeah, it, it was cold. Too cold
1: for me. I'm a, I'm a South dude. So being there was like, no, this <laughs> yeah. Man, this is what I'm like.
0: Yeah. Cool. What, did, um, what did you think about Rick's tenure at Miami? I'm a big Miami fan. I was super excited when they hired him, you know, yeah. so what what did you think about that?
1: You know, I, I thought it was a a kind of a uphill battle for him. Um, I know he wanted to go in there and kind of change that culture back to even when he was there, you know, get back to those bad boy days of people yeah. really uh, intimidated with Miami coming to town and by the time Coach Rick got there, you know, you got Florida. You got all these other – you know, you got South Florida. You got all these other schools around there in that state that are really good, too. Yeah. And You know, Florida State. I mean, you got all these other schools around there, and it's tough to get all those top-tier players. But I still think it comes down to QB play when he was there. I don't think they yeah. really ever had that solid QB play year in and year out. They had some guys that played good here in Nance yeah. Uh, You know, a guy come in and play good for a game or two, but never was consistent. And, ultimately, I think that's what hurt them, when you don't have a QB to run a show for you. Uh, it's hard to win uh, anything, but especially going in the ACC like that.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, that's that's a good point. So, um, <clears throat> what was your – or one of your favorite moments as a Georgia Bulldog?
1: Oh, man. I got a couple of them, man. I, I'll be honest. Um, Oh, I, I mean, you can say we, a
0: couple, you can say a couple. Yeah,
1: When we, when we won SEC in 2002, we hadn't won it in a long time. So being a part of that team, bringing that kind of history while I was there was pretty cool. And then my senior year, um, it's ironic. It's the first game against Boise where we were supposed to be the, the only team in the country that was going to lose that day. Uh, that was, you know, that wasn't an underdog. And, uh, Going into that game, end up throwing for like five touchdowns or something like that and tying the school record. And for me, going into that season, there were a lot of people that doubted my abilities to play or doubted my ability to, to run this show. And uh, to show them in that first game was pretty satisfying for me. And then I think the other one has to be us winning the SEC championship in 2005 when <laughs> LSU at the time were number three. If they win, they possibly go and play the national championship game. Yeah. Nobody gave us, you know, any chance to win that ball game, and we crushed them, beat them by like twenty, I think it was. And that's when they had Jamarcus Russell. They had a really good defense, yeah. and uh, we kind of put it on them. And you know, to be the MVP of that game was was pretty cool, man. So uh, those were some cool moments for sure in that time.
3: Yeah.
0: I, um, <clears throat> I like how you just downplayed throwing five touchdown passes or, you know, <laughs> oh, you know just, just five or so. It's no big deal. Yeah. What's, um, who was one of your favorite teammates or maybe the funniest teammate?
1: Oh man. Funniest teammate. Oh uh, man. We got a bunch of characters on our team for sure. Uh, you guys would never probably know it, but Reggie Brown was one of the funniest dudes that I ever knew. Play receiver. Was <laughs> yeah. just silly dude, man. Mm-hmm. And then you always got tons of dudes on the team who like to crack jokes. And um, I remember one of my good friends, uh, is Russ Tanner. He plays center for us. Mm. Uh, uh, the countryest white guy i ever known in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Russ, is, Russ is from Rocksville, Georgia. So every time I talk to him, I say, Ridesville, but uh, <laughs> over the years, you know, we became great friends. I was at his wedding. He was at my wedding. Oh, uh, nice. So um, we had a bunch of dudes who uh, were definitely funny guys, had some character guys as well. But uh, I think Reggie Brown would be the one guy you probably wouldn't think would be that type of guy. Oh, huh.
0: I hear you.
2: So what's, uh, what, what's the toughest atmosphere, or toughest place you've ever played?
1: Oh, that's easy. LSU. Oh, it's <clears> throat> unreal throat> at night. I mean, when people say it's tough to play there at night, you don't want to be there at night, it's the truth. Uh, another good story is we're, I think it's '02, or 03, maybe 03. We're going to LSU, and this I knew was going to be a long day. We haven't even got to the stadium yet, and the usual, you know, fans are rocking your bus, going back and forth. And then I look outside the window, and I look over, and this, this little kid, he's probably can't be no more than six years old and he's flipping us off. So <laughs> I think then it was gonna be a long day. <laughs> and then we get into the stadium, their whole student section is already there. And they're loud, they're rockets already, and we still got two and a half, three hours before game time. And I just remember that being the loudest place ever. And I mean, I never thought literally that I could feel the ground shaking with the crowd being there at night and something happens big. It gets pretty loud. and So LSU easily is the loudest place I've ever been in and played at. But on the other side of it, I love it. It's fun. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. fun to be in that environment where everybody hates you. And Was that
3: your uh, your favorite away place to play, or did you have another place that you love playing at, obviously, other than Georgia?
1: I love playing at uh, Auburn. It's fun. Um, that's a raucous crowd. They get into it. Uh, another place I love to play at uh, is Georgia Tech because it's like a second home game for us. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's <laughs> all, all Georgia people, you know. Always I always got to dig at my yellow jacket a little bit. Auburn's yeah. uh, pretty fun for sure, and then the other one that's always cool is obviously the Georgia Florida game, which literally split right down the middle. And I remember mm. when I came to Georgia, they told us about that, and I didn't really believe it until I got there, and I said, "Wow, well, it is really right down the middle of the yeah. goalpost, goal, split down the middle." So it's pretty cool.
0: That's. I want to bring up Georgia Florida do you believe they should change that to a home and home or should they keep that in Jacksonville?
1: It's, I mean, it's, it's a home game for Florida. I mean, we got to go to That's, the state of Florida. Yeah,
0: essentially. Yeah.
1: Well, you know what, man? I, I think uh, us as players, we don't really mind, man. I mean, it's a new environment, it's a new place. It's something different. It's something different that we have um, as far as that game. Nobody else has that kind of atmosphere like we have. I know other, you know, uh, schools have something similar, but, when you say, you know, what it used to call the large outdoor cocktail party, I, yeah. know, I know they're trying to change it and all, but when you say that, you know exactly what two schools are in it. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm sure it'd be cool to play Florida at home. Uh, I, I would have loved to play in the Swamp. That would have been cool. Never never really played mm-hmm. there before. Uh, never seen that stadium beside now where i get to call games in it, but yeah. um, I'm sure fans would love to, to go to the opposing team stadium and stuff like that, but uh, I think just over the years, that's been one of the richest traditions is having that game there in Jacksonville, split right down mm-hmm. middle, which is fun.
0: I hear you. Now, you mentioned calling games. How do you, is it hard to stay unbiased? Like, is it, how is that like?
1: Yeah, you know what, uh, calling games and the toughest part is the studio work, really. When yeah. you're calling games, sometimes you're, you know, you're you just calling what's happening during the game. and uh sometimes you're not thinking about the bias of, you know, your team is Georgia and you're supporting this, this school or whatever. Right. Uh, the toughest thing is in the studio stuff where you have to be uh, really tough on your school and, you know, you're talking about Georgia. And they may come off like last year when Georgia loses to South Carolina and I have to talk about that game. I had to be hard on Georgia. I had to, yeah. you know, uh, speak to obvious because obviously if you, you know, say, hey, Georgia was good, they did this, they did that people are going to say that's complete BS. So uh, I think you got to speak the truth. And that's the one thing that i kind of learned is I got a job to do. And people who get mad at it, if they're Georgia people say, mm-hmm. hey, too hard. Well, hey, it's, it's my job now. And mm-hmm. you know, it's me it's paying me. So that's what I'm going to do. So uh, I try not to let that bias come out. But then there's times where they don't mind you having a little bias to your school and having a school pride.
0: I hear you. So one, one last question on – your career in Athens and all that. And then we're going to move into some current things. I had a question from a fan and they want to know what is your favorite meal when you go to Athens? Where's your go-to place to go eat?
1: Oh, man. A bunch of places in there. That. That's a good one. There is, there is a place that I go to probably every time I go there. Um, it's a barbecue place. It's called the Bud Hut and I just love it because the name, called the Butter. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's, it's like a little hole in the wall place, but the food is amazing. It is really good. You guys get a chance to go, you got to go try it out. But the Butter is a place that uh, I enjoy going to. There's a ton of the places, of course, in Athens, but uh, this place has been there for a minute, um, and uh, I love the love the barbecue.
2: Oh yeah, me awesome. too. I love it. All right, let's uh let's talk some current. Upcoming season. Hopefully there is gonna be an upcoming season. Um first do you do you think there'll be like do you think it'll be just a normal regular season? College pro? Both.
1: I think you know, I think pro is gonna happen. I think uh simply because you look around the landscape of the league and the owners and how much money is involved, and these guys are complete considered employees, then they're going to find a way to make that happen. Um, Whether there's 25%, 20% fans in the stadiums, uh, that's a different story. But I think NFL has a better chance of playing. Uh, College, I think, is still up in the air, uh, simply because they're just starting to go back to the campuses. And I think the biggest thing is how healthy will everybody be after a month of everybody being on campus, in these facilities? How well are, are things being sanitized, all that kind of stuff? And uh, you think about, you know, what's just happened. I think it was today or yesterday where Texas has 13 guys mm-hmm. who, you know, yeah. uh, who tested positive. I mean, that's not good. That's not yeah. something that NCAA will like because you never know how many other people they have been affected. And they got to be out for 14 days. and, and You know, who don't know who, who they came in contact with. So it's going to be a tougher thing to, to kind of corral when you get all these guys there. And if everybody continues to stay healthy, then there's a greater chance. But if things continue to happen the way they have, when things pop up, or you got two or three guys here and there and it comes up every single week, it's going to be hard to fill a team with so many guys quarantined. So, if I would say college, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm definitely hopeful uh, because I know everybody loves college football, as I do. Um, but health is the number one case. And uh, it's a difference between in the NFL when you got employees are in college These kids are not employees. Right. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. All right, well, we'll forget about Corona for a second. What's what's your thoughts on Jamie Newman, Uh, transfer from Wake Forest? Uh, Me and Hudgens saw a lot of him in the ACC. Um, But what's your opinions on him?
1: I like what I see, man. You know, I actually – before he even came to Georgia, I watched him a few times uh, in some big-time games, and uh, I thought he has all the attributes to be a really good quarterback. I think this guy – with the talent that Georgia has can easily be a first-round pick. Um, he has an arm. He has athleticism. And I think with the talent around him and being on the stage that he will be in at Georgia it gives him an opportunity to show people what he really is about. And when he was at Wake Forest just last year alone, the dude carried the ball 180 times. Now, I know that sometimes scrambling. Sometimes that's, you know, you got to break out of your pocket or whatever it may be, but that's way too much for a quarterback. It was a top-five number in the ACC running the football. That's and crazy. I think that's part of what he wanted to get away from, was he wanted to show people he can be a drop-back passer. He has a strong mm-hmm. arm. He has athleticism. And then you bring in Todd Monk and the new offensive coordinator at Georgia who wants to have this air raid style. So they're going to throw it. They're also going to use his athleticism uh, to help his offense, which I think will be tremendous. I spent Jamie Newman have a big year. He is a talented, talented kid who, yeah. when I turn on the tape, can make every throw. Is big and physical. He's 230 pounds. I was talking to Kirby Smart the other day, and he said the kid is 233 right now, and he is solid. He said he is ripped up. So, wow. it's a guy who will be able to handle the pounding, I think, in the SEC. Um, but I think a lot of people will be surprised with the way he throws the football.
2: Yeah. So, so you don't see a quarterback controversy if. JT Daniels is eligible, which he, uh, he probably won't, but if JT Daniels is eligible, you still think it's Jamie Newman's show for this year?
1: Absolutely. I think it's his, his job to lose. And you think about it, this guy's coming in as a grad transfer. Uh, think about JT Daniels coming off an ACL. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Newman has been there since January, um, so he's been there this whole time learning in the playbook. Yeah, I just had a chance to talk to him probably about a week ago, and he said, hey, I've been in the playbook. I've been learning. I've been doing it for, you know, the past few months now. And JT Daniels is really just getting to campus. So, right. it's going to take a little learning curve for him. And you think about, hey, if we're going into a season where there's no real off season. they're going to go right into camp. you got to go with the guy who's been around a little bit longer and the guy who uh, probably knows his system a little better right now than JT Daniels. Right. Yeah.
0: So, um. Given Kirby's conservative background, how realistic is it that we see a true air raid system this year for Georgia?
1: I think the true telling is what has happened in the past. I think you look at where Georgia has been and how close they have been to winning the big one. Yeah. Then you look at some of these other schools that have won national championships, <laughs> who've had quarterbacks, That can move. I mean, Mm -hmm. we all knew Trevor Lawrence probably was athletic enough, but nobody probably knew he was as athletic he was when he ran away from everybody at Ohio State. Or look at uh, last few years in Alabama when you had Jalen Hurts and you had Tua, and when you've had offenses like that that stretch you as a defense, those are the ones that are hard to cover. And Kirby is a defensive guy. He knows how hard it is to account for all 11 guys. And for the last, you know, however many years. Georgia hasn't had that guy back there who threatens you with the football run. Jake Fromm has been the, the, mm-hmm. the drop back guy, but he never was the guy you thought about. When you thought about running, and right. for the last couple of years, you can think about it. They've been looking for a guy like that. They went out and got Justin Fields. Yeah. They got DeJuan Mathis. They got some. They got some. You know, some mobile guys back there who they have tried to recruit to that position, and I think they finally got one. And I think if Kirby. He's smart. He understands. I need a guy
3: who can open it up for me, and they need to do that. Now, uh, for the running backs, um, so we're talking about the air raid and everything. Do you still see that being a focal point of the offense? Because, obviously, for Georgia, it's always been about running backs. And, uh, you know, with Munkin, obviously the air raid's going to be different. But, I mean, we still have Zeus and those guys. So, I mean, uh, I was just wondering, do you think that that's still going to – they're going to lean heavily on that as well? and then have Jamie sprinkled in there as well with the, the running threat and the dual threat. Uh, oh, as well.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, uh, there will be some moments where they throw the football down the field more than they have, push the ball vertically more than they have in the past, and here comes the RPO game. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to it and they need some hard on yards, they're going to get in that I formation. They're going to turn around. They're going to hand it off to those big running backs. And you think about the guys that Kirby has recruited I've been looking at his past three, four recruiting class. Every offensive lineman that he has had that's coming there has been 6'4, 315 minimum coming out of high school. So he's not getting these guys to pass block all the time. He's looking for these guys to roll grade people, be athletic, and get downfield. So I expect them still to have that downhill principle of we want to run you over. Kenny McIntosh is a guy who played sparingly last year, he's six foot. One, two, 220 pounds. Zamir, we know, is six foot, 230. Like, they got these big physical backs. And you got James Cook as well, but he's a slasher. He's a guy you use on third down, but they got these big physical backs. And then they just, when they got Kendall Milton uh, mm-hmm. and they signed a class, and this guy's 6'1, 225 as well. So yeah. he wants to go back to those big backs like girlies when they were road-breaking people during those times.
3: My last question for you, just for current stuff, is uh, were you surprised with the Coley move to assistant head coach and bringing Munkin in after a year, or did you know that – did you kind of think that that was going to happen after that one year? Because that was kind of a surprise to a lot of us, so.
1: Yeah, it was a surprise, but I think if you look at the way that season played out, I think there was a lot of inconsistency throughout that year. Uh, everybody was questioning play calls here and there. Everybody was questioning why this offense looked a certain way. And Georgia is in a position to just try to rebuild and try to get going. This is a program that's expected to play at a national championship level. And the offense just didn't match. And you look at all the talent that they have on that side of the ball, it's just uncalled for for you not to have an offense that puts up mm-hmm. big time numbers week in and week out, regardless of what defense you're playing against. And I think as the season kind of progressed, you kind of saw the writing on the wall that. There was gonna be a change on uh, who was calling the play, and I think that's why he went out and got somebody who can stretch the field a little bit more. Monkey, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I
0: wanna, I wanna circle back on From here for just one minute. Now, were you shocked that From left early, or do you, or was it one of those, "Hey, we're gonna go a different direction" type thing?
1: You know what? I kind of went back and forth on this because at the beginning, I always thought From was a four year guy. I thought yeah. that he would be there for four years. And then the way this season went, I felt as though he would feel I have more I to prove. It. And there were games, I think he had five or six games where he completed 50% of his passes, less than 50%. Yeah. And he just didn't look like a guy who, you know, would garner big time first, second, third round qualities on the next round. And I think it showed. And a lot of it was about arm strength. A lot of it we all knew about the leadership and how smart he was. Everybody knew all that. But on the next level, they want those intangibles. And that's the bottom line. And yeah. as the year progressed, he didn't look like a guy who looked similar uh, to a Joe Burrow who was killing it. Uh, or guys who were at the top of that that draft. And it was obvious where he slated with those guys. I thought he would be there you know, uh, a fourth year. But then you also look at the scenario of okay, he's going to have young receivers. He's going to have a young offensive line again. Uh, does he want to have to put the time in again? He's going to have a new offensive coordinator. Uh, all those nuances of new things happening. I don't think he wanted to happen in his last year. And he probably thought this was his best chance to get out and you know try to make a move to the NFL.
2: Yeah, the uh, the SEC East is going to be a battle this year. I I can't remember a time where Florida and Georgia are just – I I don't really know who, you know, is the – who's the underdog, who necessarily is is probably the favorite to win. Do you think Tennessee has a say, or do you think it's truly just a Georgia-Florida battle?
1: I still think it's uh, Georgia-Florida. I think Tennessee has done a real good job just in this past year of recruiting. And I thought – Tennessee did a really good job at the end of the year winning their last six ball games. And I think Jeremy Pruitt has done a really, really, really good job of yeah. recruiting one but changing the culture at Tennessee. Um, I had a couple games with Tennessee last year, and he said at the beginning of the year we didn't know how to practice. And this is a guy who's coming from Alabama, coming from Georgia, coming from a place where the talent is there, but also these guys want it. And he said, Tennessee, they didn't want him when he first got there. So he's changed the culture. The discipline is different. They're playing at a higher level. And they're recruiting. I mean, they have turned it on in this past offseason. They're recruiting. And that's why I believe they're still probably a couple years away for those guys to come in. And then they can be sophomores and juniors. And now we go back to, okay, this is what Tennessee used to be. Tennessee used to always be the team in the East that everybody worried about. Uh, But I still think right now Florida – and Georgia are a little bit ahead above those uh, other teams in the East. But Tennessee's closing. But Florida, talent-wise, having Caltrans come back, the way he played last year he was 82 as a starter. Uh, Dan Mullen is a phenomenal coach and phenomenal recruiter as well. Uh, but Florida and Georgia definitely. It always comes down to that game. Uh, truthfully, who goes to the SEC championship, and I think this year will be no different. It's going to be a dog fight for, for yeah. uh, many, many days to come.
2: Yeah. Who, who do you think the favorite in the West? Because there's not really a, a, a team that sticks out above anybody else there either.
1: I think it's a, it's one of those three-man races to get. And I think the two obvious ones at the top, you, you look at is Alabama, of course, and then you think about is it Auburn? Or is it LSU? You know, you got to wonder, are those two at the top? But also, I got a sneaker team that I think is going to make a lot of noise in Texas and m Uh-oh. Jimbo Fisher, uh, Kellen Mond coming back. Uh, they return 18 or 19 guys from both sides of the ball, eight or nine guys on both sides of the ball. Wow. This is a talented team. And Jimbo Fisher, uh, you got to give him – a little credit for their schedule last year playing the top four teams in the country. Uh, but I think that only bodes well for them. But wow. I still think Alabama, LSU, and Auburn are the three teams at the top that's going to be tough to beat. Another year for Bo Nix on his belt with Gus on, yeah. becoming a more prolific passer. Uh, he had games where he looked good, but other games where he had to use his legs. Um, how good is Mac Jones? You know, we saw, you know, a little bit of him last year. We saw some, some spurs where he played really well. Um, and then you know Miles Brennan, And he do some similar stuff that Joe Burrow did at LSU? He's gonna have the talent around, him, but hey, we got all these guys who are coming in with a lot of expectations, and you won't know until Saturday under lights.
0: Yeah, how um, it's hard not to love Coach O though. Coach O is just <laughs> that's
1: my guy, man. I love Coach O. <laughs> he he is one of the best guys to talk to, uh, and this guy loves ball. I remember. <laughs> uh, we had an LSU game last year when they played Utah State when uh, they were playing against Jordan Love. Yeah. And he is one of those guys who broke him down. Uh, he's just fun to talk to. We did a little fun little thing with him. and uh, You know, everybody loves his voice, uh, which is always fun. But Coach O, is a, he's one of those stand-up guys who you love to be around. And you can see why players love him and want to play for him. I mean, hes he told us a couple stories of how he tried to get his guys motivated pregame. And he's talking about, you know, uh, cracking cans over his head, all kind of stuff. And <laughs> as he's walking out, blood's coming down his forehead and his eyes are just going crazy. Uh, they do this pretty cool thing where he says a different phrase and they all snap their chest out at the same time. I mean, they got a bunch of cool things they do at LSU. Uh, and it's all because they head open
0: Heck, yeah. So, before we let you go, we want to transition for a minute and talk a little golf.
2: Yeah.
0: And we know you're I a big like golf stuff. guy. We all play golf, all three of us. We're not good. So some are
2: be- some are better than others. Some I mean, are better.
0: some are better than others.
2: So
3: who's better? Who's better?
1: Brad.
0: Brad's, best. Brad's the best. Brad's best. Nah, I'll stay on this They're pretty good.
3: They're pretty good.
0: Everybody's who's pretty good? good? I'm terrible. Good. <laughs> so um First question is, you know, we're in South Georgia, so if you ever feel like playing, let us know. We'll ride up. It's no big uh, deal. Gotcha. <laughs> but um, so what do you shoot? What's your handicap?
1: You know what was so tough is, man, because of my schedule in fall, I played none. So during this time, when I get a chance to play, so I started to get better. I'll I shoot in the 80s a little bit. Uh, okay. You know, I have a couple rounds where you know it's I shoot a 95 or something, and you know. But, hey, I, I love to play, and then the fall comes around. So, from August until D- till February, I played no golf. So, nah. yeah, I retrain myself every single offseason to play. So, I don't really keep a handicap, man. I just love okay. to play. I got a bunch of guys that go out with, and you know, we'll bang it around a little bit. I just be happy if I don't lose my sleeve of balls.
0: I, that's that's
1: <laughs> the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best way to do it. <laughs> I, I, I thought I'd be a bogey golfer, man. That's what I said. If I can I – can, you know, get a couple cars here and there, bogey a hole, man. Mm-hmm. I'll be happy, man, especially with, oh yeah, I don't have enough time to put it in. So, hey, if you, if you shoot bogey a hole, you shoot a 90. So, hey, I'm
0: all about it. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're we're playing with DJ Shockley soon. <laughs> we, um, we talked to Josh Scoby, the uh, former Jacksonville Jaguars kicker. What, yeah. A, a month or two ago. are always good
1: at golf. I know he's got to be
0: good. Yeah. A month or two ago, we talked to him, and um we're two hours away from Jacksonville. So, we've talked about playing and all this. And he's like a scratch golfer, and we're like, oh, boy, I don't know about all this. <laughs> yeah,
1: golf – yeah, kickers, you got to leave those guys alone, man. They yeah. got off three times, so – They know the wind. Yeah, they're They're out on the range. They're hitting <laughs> balls. So. I haven't met yeah. a, a kicker yet that's not good at golf. Yeah. Who's
0: um who's some of the favorite athletes you've played with?
1: Oh, uh, man. So, i played with um, – of course, some of the guys I played with, the Falcons played with Matt Ryan before, who was a really yeah. good golfer. Really? Um, played with Bo Jackson before. Um, oh, wow. Played with uh, a bunch of Auburn guys. I'm buddies with like Ronnie Brown, College Brown, Jason Campbell. Uh, kind oh, of yeah. We, we, had,
0: we had Campbell on the podcast a couple weeks ago.
1: Yeah, J.K. is Kane, a good dude. Um, so, a bunch of guys here now. I mean, you play in all these, you know, different tournaments around, so you get a chance to, to play and meet with all these guys, uh, which is pretty cool. So, I just love golf and being out there, having a good time, having a, having a good cigar and, and chilling out. Mm-hmm. Heck, yeah. <laughs> are,
0: are you a uh, Are you a brand-specific guy? Are you a tailor-made guy or, or titleist? Or?
1: I got a little bit of everything. I ain't going to lie. I mean, okay. uh, if it works for me, like, in my, in my bag right now, I got Callaway Irons, um, and I have uh, – tailor-made you know wood so okay I'm, I'm a little bit all over the place uh, you know if it, if, it, if it works for me that's what i'm hitting uh right now so I'm whatever's flying fire straight, fire straight
3: too right yeah whatever's flying straight too for the oh, ball yeah. for oh, sure. yeah. whatever, whatever one can find a
1: fairway that's what i'm with
3: <laughs> <laughs> um
0: so i seen on your instagram you went to the masters i think it was 2018 i think yeah Dude, tell us about that experience. That is Brad. Brad's been to a practice round. Yeah, but tell tell us about going to the Masters.
1: So it was pretty cool. I have a, a partnership with Coke, and uh, I have a bunch of good friends at Coke, and we went and we got to go to Butler's Cabin. We got to you kind of kind of go to all the uh, the fancy places around the Masters. Well, it was pretty cool, man. I and I hadn't been in a while, so uh, to go and experience it that way. Uh, was pretty cool. We got to play uh Champions Retreat, which is a course similar to uh Augusta, real close to it. We played out there, which is really nice. And it's made by all three nines are made by different by all the different jacks. So uh, it was fun to play out there in that. So the Masters is a obviously a cool place and you know you look at that grass, you're like man, I can sleep on this mm, grass. I like yeah. it.
3: So the bunkers uh, are ridiculous. I didn't realize the TV doesn't do it justice how deep oh, those things
1: are. Not at all. Not at all. I don't – I mean, people <laughs> watching on TV, you have no understanding of how nice it is out there and what those guys are playing on. I mean, it's literally better than carpet that they're playing on. So. Mm-hmm.
3: It's crazy. It's a, what, it's a year, what a year to go life. for sure. Were you there on Sunday?
1: No, I was there uh, – see, that's one thing. I don't want to be here on Sunday. I want to be oh, yeah. in my living room where I can watch it and see it and, yeah. see, replays and see what's going on everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I was going on one of the other days, and Sunday I'd like to be at the house and watch it. That's,
3: yeah, that's an awesome, awesome year to go, man.
0: Yeah, that cool. is All right. So, we've got one last question for you, and we'll circle back to football. Um, give us an SEC championship prediction. Who do you think is going to be in it, if you had to pick?
1: Ooh, man, that's a good one.
0: unbiased. Unbiased.
1: I'm biased. <laughs> I think I think Georgia and Auburn play in the SEC championship game. Okay. And I, I like think, it. I yeah. think it's a close game, and I think Georgia finds a way to win and get into the playoffs. And I'm not going that far. I don't know what happens in the playoffs.
0: And then they meet Miami in the playoffs. No big deal. We didn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you guys got 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 what? Nicole C. Perry? I mean,
0: yeah, I'm not Nicole C. Perry. Nah. We got Derek King, man.
1: Yeah. Derek yeah. King coming over from Houston. That's nice, man. Yeah,
0: yeah. So. All right, man. We appreciate you jumping on and hanging cool. out with about us. the ACC then. Oh, okay. No. Clemson. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pro- to be honest with you, pro- Clemson. Clemson and – They're
2: backups. The- Clemson's second. <laughs> yeah. Cle-
0: Clemson and North Carolina, <laughs> to be honest with you, is honestly – yeah, I, I like can't.
1: that QB in North Carolina. He he's he was good as a freshman. And,
0: and when North Carolina hired Mac Brown, I was like, nah, mm-hmm. he he's he's had it. But Mac's the man the man is killing it. Yeah. Yeah. So cool.
1: Cool. Good
0: deal. But all right, man. We appreciate you having you having on, coming on.
1: Appreciate you, fellas, having me on, man. Appreciate
3: you, yes, man. And uh you guys cool news, man. Appreciate it. Yes, sir.
1: Thanks, dude. Bye good luck. All right, fellas.